0: Welcome back to another episode of success quest. I'm Jacob Harman and I'll be your host today. And today we have a real treat for us. We have Kyla Coogan and yes, I did have to ask her how to pronounce that before we started Um, and I butchered it just so you all know, but I got, I think I got it right that time. How are you doing today, Kyla?
1: So good. You got it right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, I'm really excited to have you on the show today. I, I think you, I mean, I've never talked to you before today, but I already can tell you have an amazing story. Just the little bit I know about you is like, okay, I really want to dig into this. Um, So let's just start there. I mean, what's your story? How did you get where you are today?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you, Jacob, for having me on here. Super excited to be here. Uh, My story. So I grew up in Huntington Beach. Mm -hmm. California. And when I was in third grade, let's just say I was very confused (laughs) about um, my orientation and just my way of being. I was very confused about who I was. Mm -hmm. And um, I had these feelings (laughs) that, let's just say, I was having feelings about other girls in school and I was Mm -hmm. uh, hiding that. And I was Uh, ashamed that I was having those feelings. So I would say when I was in third grade, I knew I was gay and I hid that from the world for about 14 years. (laughs) And um, that hiding is what looks to me like why I ended up uh, suffering with acne, severe acne. Mm -hmm. So in high school, I had acne all over my face, my arms, my chest, my back. Um, And then I waited all the way until after college to come out. And I was about 22 years old by the time I finally came out. And years after coming out, so about two and a half years after, is when I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. And I started having panic attacks every day for years. And started thinking about suicide. Um, so my story is, you know, like I said, I I had this feeling when I was little <laughs> and hid that part of me for a long time. And that hiding is what really, in my mind, is the reason why I manifested so many other issues in my life, like acne and, mm-hmm. um, and anxiety and going through the acne and the anxiety was awful. Yeah. And I the whole time I was going through anxiety, I just felt like I was on this path of self-discovery trying to find answers to heal myself. So I was studying every freaking book about anxiety and going to every personal development course and self-help course I possibly could to try and find answers to it.
0: Wow. Well, thank you for that. I I think that sometimes these types of stories really I mean there's no better teacher than experience, right? And so you're definitely going to have to teach us a little bit about anxiety and about how to overcome that because I think that that's something that's something that a lot of people are really struggling with nowadays. But let's let's start at the beginning. I think that sexual orientation is still something that's very difficult for a lot of people to talk about. And obviously, I mean unfortunately, a lot of people are really really hiding and like you said you hid until you were 22. Let's dig a little bit more into that. Um, first of all, what can people do to better help those that are struggling with hiding and struggling with hiding a piece of themselves?
1: Yeah, it's such a good question. So for me, what I discovered on my journey <laughs> of lots of lots of searching <laughs> was that like my searching was, was it was like I was trying to massage my intellect is what it felt like. I was I felt like, I needed to learn new skills, uh-huh. you know, to get through it. But what I ended up discovering along the journey was that all that was required for me to get underneath the anxiety and to be my authentic self was to come home to who I really am. So my story is, I, I, I feel like I left this part out, which is the most important part is that I feel like I finally came home. Yeah. And and what coming home was like for me was finally discovering that I am made of love and I am, I my natural state is peace and security and love. And it was this like moment of, oh my gosh, like, I'm always already okay in every moment, no matter what. So um, I found that by coming home to this, to this feeling like I now can be more of my authentic self. And, you know, I feel like most of my life, I didn't really know what my authentic self really looked like because I hid that part of me my whole life. Right. So it was almost once I came home, it was this kind of relearning of like, Oh, this is who I really am now. But it took me coming home first to, to start to see that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a little self discovery journey. Like who am I? Yeah. (laughs) And I think everyone kind of has to go through that a little bit in life. I mean, obviously more people more than others, but I think like, I, I know that myself, like I sometimes sit down and I'm just like, like, who am I? Like, what am I doing? Or why, why, why do I act like this? Or why do I do this? Or um, why do I think these things? And I think that it's important to be able to kind of go in and understand, okay, who am I? Yeah. And that I'm okay, like the way I am, <laughs> that who I am is, is okay. And I think that we all kind of have to accept that, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I feel like I lost sight of what a feeling of peace and safety really was because most of my life hmm. I didn't feel, I didn't feel safe. Interesting. I, I didn't feel safe at all. It was like every day I was kind of for the most part feeling very on edge mm-hmm. and wanting to feel that sense of, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Just being myself. And there's such freedom when people actually come home to that feeling.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And what recommendations would you have to somebody who might be struggling with that? Maybe there's there's someone listening to this podcast that is like, I'm not okay with who I am. Or I'm not okay with, with the person that I perceive that I am. What would you say to them and what can they do to to get past that hurdle?
1: Yeah. Well, what I, what I can say is that, you know, what I discovered was that the feeling of being okay is underneath that thought.
0: Hmm.
1: Like it really actually is, is that simple, but it almost, it gets overlooked that it's always only a thought that's ever in the way. And when people see it as a thought, And that it's not true and that what's actually true is underneath that thought is that feeling of safety is always there because that's our default. Mm -hmm. The actual default creating the human experience is safety and peace and calm and content. It's Mm -hmm. what's, it's what's creating our experience. So it's, the exciting news, at least for me, the freedom came in, oh my gosh, it's just the thought.
0: Yeah. It's just the
1: thought. And that thought always passes by. It's it's transitory.
0: Interesting. So it's all just about changing your thoughts. If you don't, if you don't feel good about who you are or about yourself, you just have to change the thoughts that you're that you're having, right?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. So and I'll just speak from my from my perspective, what what was helpful.
0: Of course. Yeah.
1: Um, so from what I've seen, I, I did try the route and this isn't to say that it's wrong to change thought, but um, what happened for me in my transformation was that the less I tried to change the thoughts, the less I tried to manage them or control them or even take them seriously, like even just take them huh. seriously, that they fall away. And I come home much faster (laughs) to a feeling. And I would say that coming home is a feeling that I feel in my heart. Mm
0: -hmm. And what
1: naturally happens is the less I care about those thoughts and the less serious I take them, I naturally drop into this feeling of like massive gratitude and appreciation in my heart. So it's like I've learned that, those thoughts are in our head and we learn to, if we can learn to not care about them as much because they're not true, <laughs> then naturally the not caring about them as much drops us into our heart. So I've learned to, to kind of fall in love, <laughs> literally from my head into my heart and I'm leading, uh-huh. speaking more from my heart, listening from my heart, speaking from my heart. Um, so yeah, that would be how I would describe that. <laughs>
0: Wow. that That's so fascinating to me. So it's, it's less about necessarily changing the thoughts, but more about your perception towards those thoughts. Yeah. It's like, that's a dumb thought. Like, that's not true. I just am not going to care about that thought because the thought's going to come. But the, when you change your reaction to the thought or your perception of the thought, then that that's what really hit it for you, huh? Yes, absolutely. So interesting. Yeah.
1: What hit me was this statistic was that 90 about 90 95% of our thoughts are subconscious right so mm-hmm. we have if we have let's say we have you know 40 to 40,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day which is what we have on average so if if let's say 35,000 thoughts a day are subconscious i don't have control of those thoughts so if i'm trying mm-hmm. to control and manage and fix 30,000 thoughts i'm going to drive myself insane <laughs> <You know? laughs> right so that that to me was like I tried that route. And again, that's not to say that that's wrong Um, to like, to take thoughts that were more traumatic. Maybe it was a thought from childhood that comes up that is more traumatic Mm -hmm. and trying to do something with that. But I'm finding more juice in if I care less about the content of thought and I, I take it less serious, no matter what it is, then naturally what happens is I drop into a deep state of presence because that's all I care about now is how can I just be present in this moment right here, right now?
0: Mm -hmm. Which is, I mean, we're kind of getting into the, the ideas of mindfulness now, but it's kind of like, uh, when, when people do meditation, oftentimes like they're focusing on their breath, right? And then obviously what's going to happen, your thoughts are going to distract you from your breathing. And then you just bring yourself back. And I'm not a meditation expert at all. Like I've tried and I'm pretty horrible at it, (laughs) admittedly, but, but it seems like a similar concept. It's, it's, it's not that you're getting rid of the thoughts or that you're, you're removing them or changing them. It's just redirecting them and being in control. I think that's super cool. And I, and I think that that's something that can really help just about anyone in anything. (laughs) I mean, obviously it was super helpful for you in trying to understand, um, sexual orientation and trying to be okay with yourself and know that you're, you're okay. But like, this can really be a game changer for anyone in any circumstance that might have a thought that's limiting them or or distracting them. Absolutely. Yes. That's so cool. It's like a breakthrough. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. Well, my whole thing is you unlock yourself, you unlock your life. And the, uh-huh. thing, the only thing ever getting in the way of unlocking yourself is a thought.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So cool. So I'm actually, I'm really, really interested in the topic of anxiety. Um, partially because I know that it's plaguing so many people. And so many people are really, really struggling with anxiety and depression right now. Um, some people that I know personally. Thankfully, it's not ever been something that I've really struggled with. But because of that, I also have a harder time having empathy and understanding for people that do struggle with it. So it's something that I've always, I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to learn more about it because I want to be empathetic and I want to be a type of person that can help. But sometimes I feel like when I try to help, I just make things worse. <laughs> so um, let's talk a little bit about anxiety. Um, what are some things that that were able to help you with your anxiety Let's yeah. start there.
1: Well, like I mentioned earlier, I, what shifted everything was just my relationship to thought, period. Because I I didn't know that my anxiety was coming from my relationship to thought. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was scared of the thoughts I was having. And I was scared of the feelings that those thoughts were giving me. So my anxiety got worse because I was actually... Trying to resist the feeling of anxiety, so then I was having anxiety of, mm-hmm. about anxiety, <laughs> which became this loop. So then it becomes an addiction. Like I, uh-huh. I feel like I was addicted to the feeling of being in an, being anxious because I had done mm-hmm. I had been in that cycle for so long. So I mean, it, it really, again, it just comes down to your relationship to thought because moment to moment, that's all we're experiencing is thought. Hmm.
0: Okay. So it really goes back to unleashing that power, like you mentioned, through thought. Um, And and, and what can people do? Maybe someone who's close to someone who really struggles with anxiety, or maybe is a good friend or a partner, or how how can we help people with anxiety? Because I know that sometimes try, I mean, I'm a fixer. (laughs) I'm one of those people that just try to fix things. And I know that that isn't very helpful. So what are some things that that you can do as a support person to help somebody who might have anxiety.
1: Yeah. Well, I can offer, I can offer a good resource. Um, what, What changed my life was when I started to learn about the three principles that were first discovered by a philosopher, his name is Sidney Banks. Okay. And what he discovered was that our experience is created through the three principles of mind, thought, consciousness okay when i understood the mind and i understood thought and i understood consciousness that's where my shift started to happen and it's really simple it's almost like it's so simple it's like people people might not take it take that seriously like they might not they -hmm. might might be overlooked you know right i was saying i was looking out i was looking outside of myself for answers for to get rid of anxiety like okay if i If I have a better career then I'll get rid of anxiety or you know if I if I go to the gym now that's gonna take you know go get rid of the anxiety which not to say that those things won't help but I was externally reaching outside of myself to get rid of a feeling I was having within myself so what was required for me was to to look within myself and actually look at where is this really coming from (laughs) Uh-huh. And, yeah you know where is this really coming from and that's what i would suggest to anybody who's who might be going through anxiety right now is they can start there they can look up anything by sydney banks um because that i tried everything i tried everything and what he what he teaches and what what he taught me is what changed changed my life forever
0: mhm yeah okay um so there's someone that is actually really close to me that struggles with anxiety. Um, and one of the things that she once told me was, is I just don't know if it'll ever end. Like, I feel like this is going to be a lifelong battle and that gives me anxiety. Like I'm just, it's, this is just the way I'm going to be forever. Um, what would you say to that? Do you think, I mean, is it possible to actually overcome or is it something that you just kind of have to work on and it can get better, but it's always going to be there.
1: I know exactly how she feels. I, I had that thought too. And this is what I will say. When, when I was first diagnosed with anxiety and I was having suicidal thoughts, that was the recurring thought I was having. I'm going to have this forever. And then I started to believe that. And then I was terrified of that. Yeah. But what was so interesting, Jacob, was that there was a – a thought, a knowing underneath that thought that that wasn't true.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: There was something underneath that, that was telling me that that wasn't true. Okay. And it was that that drove me. Yeah. There was a, a feeling under that, that was like, that's not true. There is something else. <laughs> so that that feeling is what drove me. And that feeling is what I would say I came home to was that it isn't true. Yeah. It isn't true that I'm, what I will say is not true is that I'm not, I don't have, I don't have an anxiety disorder. Mm
0: -hmm. That's what
1: I discovered. I don't actually have a disorder. I haven't taken anxiety pills in probably like three and a half years. Mm -hmm. And I know that I won't ever have to take them again because I have a different relationship to thought now. Mm. And and it doesn't mean that I don't have I don't feel anxious at times. That would be a lie if I said that. Yeah. I do feel I do feel anxious at times.
0: But I think everyone does, no, right? I mean totally. It's
1: part of the human experience. Yeah. That's the thing. It's part of the human experience for us to feel that. If anything, now I see it as um, it's really useful. Because it can be an indicator of being on or off path. Uh So we, if I, if I didn't have that feeling, let's say I didn't, I started a career and I didn't have a feeling that it was off and I just kept doing it, but it wasn't really what I was here to do. It wouldn't be very helpful. The feeling actually helps me know whether I'm, I'm doing the the path that I'm really here to do. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like we get we, we get feelings about things all day, and those feelings indicate whether we should or shouldn't do something.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, there's definitely hope out there. And I, I loved how you mentioned the fact that everyone gets anxious sometimes. I mean, just because you feel anxious doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. In fact, it would be the exact opposite. You're completely normal and everyone should feel anxiety. I mean, that is a natural feeling that we're supposed to feel and it helps us in certain situations, right? Or else we wouldn't have that feeling evolutionarily. But I mean, there is a difference between somebody who might have an anxiety disorder and someone who just experiences anxiety every once in a while. So, um, but there's definitely hope if you can learn to master your mind's thoughts and consciousness. So, that's awesome. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> um, before we move on, is there anything else on, on anxiety or, or trying to come home to who you were or who you are? Is there anything else on those n- two notes that you'd like to like to mention? It's hmm.
1: a good question. I think what, what I will say is, is that anyone who's listening to this that has struggled with anxiety is that I, I want you to know that there is hope. Mm-hmm. And actually hope hope alone points you in a direction to look.
0: Mm.
1: Because hope is a feeling. And get curious about what hope is. Like, what is hope? Why is it that I have hope? Huh. <laughs> because we are naturally, like there's a feeling of hope underneath those insecure thoughts. Naturally, there's a feeling of resilience underneath those insecure thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like even the thought that you shared with me about your friend, that's just an insecure thought. Yeah. And that's all it ever is. Like if I were to boil down every human being's problem in the whole world, that's what <laughs> I would boil down to. No joke. Is that we? the only problem human beings really have is that we we take insecure thought really serious.
0: Yeah. Wow. You're blowing my mind right now. (laughs) So (laughs) this is awesome. So from what I'm hearing, like understanding thoughts, insecure thoughts, and also feelings. Like I've never thought when you said hope in and of itself, like think about hope, like just thinking about hope and why do I have hope? And when do I feel hope? And how can I feel that more often? Like, like, it's just being self conscious. It's being well, maybe not self conscious because I think that can have a, a bad sound to it. But it's being understanding your own conscious and understanding yourself. Um, man, there's so much power in that. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> you just got me uh, excited about something there. <laughs> this is what I discovered. Okay, so when I when I went through my coming home, uh-huh. okay, when I like I had my moment of coming home. What happened is that. I was literally just in a living room with my, uh, my coach having a conversation.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: And what happened is this, this feeling in my heart was like, oh my gosh, like I feel so safe right now. Mm -hmm. And what happened naturally was that my mind cleared. Yeah. And what I discovered is that when I have clarity, when I have a clear mind, the natural byproduct is I'm in a nice feeling. Mm-hmm. So when people care less about thought, naturally their mind starts to settle and they drop into a nicer feeling where they feel hope, they feel resilience, they feel these nicer feelings because that those that's our default. Hmm. We have we we just have to allow thought to fall away. And naturally when, so really it's the more that people can like have a clear mind and not get caught in those thoughts, right? If they just allow their mind to naturally clear, they, they'll come home to mm-hmm. that feeling, that feeling of hope, that feeling of resilience that we were talking about.
0: Okay. And do you have any tips on how someone can clear their mind? Cause I know And and I, I, like I mentioned before, I don't even struggle with anxiety, but when I have something on my mind and it's just like in this major loop and I just can't stop thinking about something, I have a heart. That's like when I'm up late at night, it might be like 12 o'clock, one in the morning and I just can't go to sleep because something's on my mind. How do you clear your mind? Like, how do you let those thoughts go away? Yeah.
1: Well, I'm going to no say worries. something that might sound really it. silly, but <laughs> the, fa- the fastest way to quiet your mind is to do nothing to quiet your mind.
0: Okay. Okay. Tell me more. <laughs> okay.
1: So the fastest way to quiet your mind is to do nothing to quiet your mind. And it's, it's something that sounds mm-hmm. really simple that Sydney Banks said, but it's really true. And what we, well, we have a ten, what I had a tendency to do was that when my mind was busy, right? when my, like you're saying, your mind feels really busy, there's a lot of thought. Well, I used to have the tendency to then go grab another book and then go read a bunch more to try and get out of that. But what I find happens yeah. is that then I think more. And what we actually yeah. want to do is have less thought. <laughs> so, instead of trying to add more thinking to all the thought that's already going on, it's like, you just want to have less. You want to let the thought thermometer drop. So just allowing it to just drop naturally Mm. because it will naturally drop. It will naturally fade away. And the thing is, some people are afraid of that. Like there's a fear in, in letting the thoughts trickle away because they're not Uh sure what they're going to fall into like there's this like they're going to they're so used to a busy mind they're like I don't know what else is available but what I what I discovered is we have a reflective mind so i thought we just had a busy mm-hmm. mind the busy mind is the little mind the logical side of the mind but we have a big <laughs> bigger mind that is a reflective mind it's like this pond of unlimited mm-hmm. possibilities of space of presence of clarity so if you just allow yourself you just allow the thoughts to fade away and know that you're what you're what will happen naturally is that you'll you'll be able to just come home to a nicer feeling but adding more thought isn't very helpful I, i
0: think partially because of technology but maybe just because of this crazy world we live in i think we've kind of lost the ability to be still too and be able to let our minds calm down. I know in my case, I'll be walking around. If I have any moment where I'm not doing something, I have my earbuds in. I'm listening to music. I'm listening to a podcast. And of course, like our listeners right now, they're listening to a podcast, you know? And I feel like we're just so overstimulated and we're almost all it's content, 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 and more content. And I think that maybe that that may be having some sort of an effect on us. And maybe that's part of the reason why, why there is so much anxiety. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a neuroscientist. I don't understand the science behind it, but I do know that I think like throughout history, we haven't been able to do that. And all of a sudden we can have constant input. And I don't think we're necessarily made for that.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're, you're so on point We're we're constantly stimulated so we're constantly thinking like we're just like we're thinking about so many things all the time that we're, we're not even really a lot of the time we're not even just in the present moment in mm-hmm. what's here right now you know and you, when you were asking earlier of how you know how to get out of the busy mind you know I, I said to allow the thoughts to trickle down naturally and just be in the present moment like if you're If you're interacting with another human being, what what helps to get out of the busy mind is to listen to what they're saying. And the best way to do that is to just listen to their voice. Hmm. So if they just listen, like right now, if you just listen to my voice, what will naturally happen is that you'll drop out of that busy mind and you'll drop into a deeper state of presence. I'm trying it. (laughs) (laughs) I think we just haven't haven't learned how simple it is to be present, that if we actually are listening to what someone's saying, we're listening to their voice, oh my gosh, I'm in a more peaceful place, naturally. And when I'm speaking, if I'm speaking from a heartfelt place, if I'm speaking from my heart, there's a feeling to it versus when I'm... Trying to figure everything out in my head and speaking from my head. Mm-hmm. So, um, for me, I think getting out of that busy mind can also happen when you're just interacting with another human being, just simply by listening.
0: Mm-hmm. By listening, by being present. Hmm. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm. I need to work on that. Um, I mean, just today, I I was I was upstairs and. I was trying to get some work done because I'm working from home (laughs) and my, I I have a a two year old, almost a three year old, and she was trying to talk to me and I didn't even notice. And my wife's like, Hey Jacob, she's trying to talk to you. Like, listen to her. I was like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) Like I did not even hear her. And I, I felt so bad, but it made me realize like, man, I need to be more present. I need to... I need to be paying more attention to the people around me. And I think that that will really help, help me be able to control my thoughts and be able to, to just understand what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling and where I am. And I really need to work on these things. So <laughs> I'm glad for having the conversation.
1: It is so good. Cause even with your child, I mean, it's as simple as when you catch it, like if your wife says that, catching it. And it's great. You acknowledging and taking responsibility because I still bump into my humanness too. Like I'm not perfect at being present, but all that's ever happening is that you were just caught in thought. Like you were just thinking about other things, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's being aware like, Oh, I was just thinking about other things and like owning that, taking responsibility. I apologize. Like I was just thinking about something else and you're right. Like what's important right now in this moment is be with my child. And then to be present is literally be with your child, like looking at touching them, looking at them, smelling them like that's presence, right? Like being Mm -hmm. right there with them and like listening to them and, and, and like really enjoying that moment.
0: Wow. Yeah, definitely something I need to work on. (laughs) I get distracted so easily. Awesome. Well, so we've talked about your story. We've talked about you're dealing with anxiety and a little bit about how, how we can work on overcoming those types of anxieties. Um, now, I mean, you're a life coach, you're a speaker, like you're doing all this cool stuff. Tell us a little bit about all the things you have going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, You know, like I shared earlier, I mean, I was on this journey for years. And once I feel like I came home, it was like, well, I got to teach this for the rest of my life. There's no doubt about that. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, you know, I launched my coaching career and speaking. And um, yeah, so it's been amazing. And right now I am actually applying to land a TEDx talk which is really exciting. So my hope is to do that this year. We'll see what happens with this quarantine and when it lifts.
0: Well, good luck. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. but um, I'm working on the TED Talk and I'm also working on writing my first book, which is really exciting. And um, those are my two kind of main projects right now, as well as Mm -hmm. doing a podcast tour and just kind of spreading love and spreading a message. (laughs) And then
0: awesome. Love it.
1: Yeah. And then for coaching, I, I do a six week, uh, group program and my, my program is actually launching on Sunday, but I do them in, um, every couple months, I launch a new six week program. And like I shared earlier, it's all about unlocking yourself to unlock your life. So the six Mm -hmm. journey is about coming home. Um, I really help people come home to themselves in six weeks. So that's, uh, that's the update what I'm working on.
0: Awesome and is this a is this a program for pretty much anyone who just wants to to learn more about themselves be able to to become better or who's who's kind of the target audience?
1: Yeah it's a good question I I don't discriminate whatsoever I will serve anyone and everyone who resonates with the message um, mm-hmm. and primarily my target demographic is the LGBT community but I have okay. I have clients, all over the world, different demographics. So, um, I don't discriminate whatsoever. And in fact, the six week program, it it's, what's so amazing is that once people come home, it literally unlocks like every area of their life. So it's like, it leads to diet changes. It leads to mending family relationships. It leads to healing romantic wounds. There's people who take their first step and launch their first business. My client just, um, published her first book, which I'm like super stoked on. That's
0: awesome.
1: <laughs> it was something for years that she had been like writing and thinking about. And in 90 days, was like, bam, it's, it's done. So um, that's what I discovered. I was like, Holy moly. If you just come home, that's the recipe. Then everything else unlocks. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 I, I, I love that. I think that really a lot of people just kind of are at a block in their life there's just something that's in their way. And really, once you, once you figure out how to remove that, everything else just kind of falls into place. I mean, I've kind of even felt that a little bit with, with this little business we're building. I mean, it's, it's not a big business. It's a, but it's been so enlightening to just be able to talk to people from every walk of life, from all different places, all different types of people, and be able to see their input and, and learn from them. And, I don't know. I just, I feel more alive than I've ever been. And so I can totally, I, I feel you. So, to all you questers out there, if you're feeling that, if you're feeling like there's a block or there's something that you just can't get past, I think Kyla would be able to definitely help with it. So, <laughs> <laughs> definitely reach out to her. Uh, where, where can people reach out to you, Kyla, yeah. if they want to get a hold of you?
1: Yeah. So, I have uh, my website is kyla.com, C U Y L A.com. They can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Kyla Coogan, last name C-O-O-G-A-N. Mm-hmm. And actually I'm, I'm offering a little special for your your amazing questers. So if anybody resonates with the message and they are, especially if they're struggling with anxiety right now, um, I'm offering free 20 minute breakthrough calls. So anybody who like just in there, they're free. There's no like uh, contract. There's nothing. It's just, free. Like let's just chat for 20 minutes, total breakthrough um, session to help anybody that's going through that. That
0: is awesome. And we'll make sure to put that link in the show notes. Um, If you just scroll down in your podcast app, uh, depending on the app, sometimes it's not always scrolling down, but um, scroll down in your podcast app and click that link and you'll be able to book a free 20 minute call. Thank you. That's amazing. Like that's 20 minutes of Kyla's time, guys. Make sure to say thank you after that call. Uh, awesome. We'll put that there. And I guess one last question for you, Kyla. I like to ask this question to people. Um, what does success mean to you?
1: I was waiting for this question. I'm like, this has to be somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was I was pondering about this earlier. Like, hmm, what is what does success look like for me now? And. It's funny because my grandma mailed me an envelope this week of Mm -hmm. pictures and report cards and awards. And it's totally like out of the blue. And so there are all these awards and like whatever straight A report cards. And like, that was my definition of success growing up was that I had to get the Mm -hmm. awards and the recognition to feel successful. But What I, when I look at my story, I look at, you know, I actually never really felt that successful. Even when I achieved all those things, it was kind of a fleeting feeling.
0: Uh I would
1: feel a sense of success for a moment but it was kind of fleeting. Now my definition of success is more just being myself. Like when I'm just being myself, when I'm just being myself, I feel that success (laughs) and, and taking responsibility for my experience. So if, if I bump into my humanness at any moment when I'm interacting with other people, success to me is being vulnerable and being open and just owning that, you know, and, and, and being open to, to share that, you know, and be all of myself, to be all of myself.
0: <laughs> wow, I love that phrase, to be all of myself. That's awesome. <laughs> I I think that should be everyone's goal in life. Just be all of yourself. Because people say like be yourself, but be all of yourself. I love that.
1: Yeah. It. And you were saying earlier, <laughs> feeling alive. Like that's what I feel like this journey has been for me. It's been coming out, coming home, coming alive. And so mm. now I'm like my word is like to feel alive. Like to be alive and feel I, alive is to be all of who you are.
0: Love it. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Kyla. This has been enlightening for me. I've learned so much. Um, Thank you so much for being on our show. We really, really appreciate it. Have a good day.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Jacob.